Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast, where you learn about advanced wealth building strategies from real estate investing to creating massive ROI and secure retirement profits. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, and lean in. Because Big Mike has got the life starting now. Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. I'm the Big Mike. Mike Zlatnik. And today it is my pleasure and a privilege to welcome Heather Reeves. Hi, Heather. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for uh, uh, coming on the podcast. Heather is a good friend. She uh, also in uh, one of the masterminds that I attend, one of the greatest masterminds, the Freedom Founders. And Heather is with Secured Investment Corp. Um, so before we talk about Secured Investment Corp and what's going on in the um, hard money lending business, I'd love to hear a little bit about Heather, uh, family, where you live. Just share a little bit about you. Yeah, I think that's important to do. Um, so I actually live in a town called Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Um, we joke that we tell people it's a terrible place because lots of people are moving here, but it's... Uh... <laughs> It's very beautiful. If you like mountains and lakes and you're an outdoor enthusiast, it's a wonderful place to be. And uh, so I feel pretty lucky. Uh, I've got two boys, uh, 24 years old and 22. Our 24-year-old is a fireman, which is just crazy. Um, you know, he kind of set his sights high and, and, you know, put a goal in front of him and he didn't stop till he accomplished it. So he's a full-time fireman at 24. Uh, I've got a younger son still in college, getting his master's and playing his last year of college soccer. So um, that's been fun. Our kids are both athletes. And quite honestly, as they've gotten a little older, we've had to find things to replace our time with because all we ever used to do was shuttle kids back and forth to sporting events. I know, Mike, your kids are pretty involved in sports. So um, start thinking about that, what you're going to replace that time with, because it, it was a little weird for us. So we're still we're living vicariously through them this last year. And uh I've been married 26 years to a wonderful man and uh, was lucky enough almost 25 years ago to find private money in that industry and really um, was able to open my eyes to the opportunities for investments, you know, being a, an active real estate investor and then on the passive side. So feel very fortunate that my path has taken me here and uh, considering I went to college to be a, a school teacher. <laughs> so you know, I feel like I'm still an educator. I just don't educate young people. So, well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, you certainly are an educator, and uh, I guess you're a teacher in heart. And yep. uh, you have a wonderful family, and uh, it's great to hear that your kids are doing well. And I guess soon you are practically going to be or getting becoming empty nesters. Yep. So I, I hear you that you need to replace the time with something else. Yeah. I'm still in a position where my kids have a lot of activities and we have a lot of uh, sports and stuff like this, but I, I, I understand. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm looking forward to it, but we'll see what happens. So honestly, it's a tough transition. I loved our kids being busy and we never missed any events. Like that was our thing. Family came first and we always were at our kids events and it, it's a, it's a different transition, but we're getting there. We still do a lot of things with our kids. Now it's things like investing in real estate and spending time on our boat. So you got to just find replacements. That's great. And uh, uh, the fact that your kids want to invest with you and learn from you, that's, uh, that's absolutely awesome. So let's talk a little bit about Secure Investment Corp. Uh, it's kind of business and uh, a little bit about what are you seeing today in the hard money lending space because the environment is changing rapidly 
Very. We're going into recession. Uh, the Fed is on a mission to uh, curb the inflation. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're causing the rates to go up. So I'm just curious if the hard money rates are going up as well. And what are, what is the response from the borrowers? Yeah, I think those are all great uh, questions and points. So a little bit about Secured Investment Corp. We are a private money lender. So I, I find it, in, in, it interesting to, to tell our clients is we accommodate active real estate investors and passive real estate investors. And, and we, we have both, right? So the private money side of our business is where we have the ability to provide funding to real estate investors. So sometimes they are purchasing investment properties and other times they're refinancing investment properties, but ultimately they have to be non-owner occupied properties. Um, we also focus our lending and also our assets that we invest in um, on residential. So that means single family up to four units is really our wheelhouse. You know, that's been our niche for the last 10 years. And we kind of decided as a team that we were going to stay the course. We were going to stay in our lane and, and not try to be, you know, that, that lender that does everything for everybody. Our, our expertise is in the residential space and, and small commercial to some extent. Um, so you know, just to touch base on where we've seen that kind of change recently is m more often than not, our borrowers in the past have been fixing and flipping. As we all know, you know, values were increasing at a, a crazy rate and it was pretty easy to make very good money, you know, fixing and flipping distressed properties. What I've seen just in the last probably three months is a, a huge transition to our borrowers buying properties to rent, you know, as rates go up and home ownership goes down. Um, rents have increased in the markets that we're in and, and the return on investment is even higher to just hold these properties in cash flow. Them. So more often than not in the past, our borrowers have had 12 month loans. They fix and flip them, sell them, and they're paying us off, right? Um, our exit strategies for our borrowers have changed a lot. Now they're they're buying them and holding them. So we actually now currently have a 30-year rental term uh, loan product in place so that we can help those clients exit. So we can still provide the funding so they can go buy it. They can get the funding to rehab the property. Once they've you know done a value add and they've got a tenant in it, now we have an exit loan for them that's more favorable. It's a fully amortized loan. So we're seeing a lot of that. Um, we're seeing values decrease. I mean, I just was in lender committee yesterday on a, a residential property in our local market that, you know, we anticipate in, in six months is probably going to be worth less than $150,000 than it is right now. So it's happening. You know, we as a, as a team are preparing and adjusting underwriting guidelines, looking at values a lot closer than we did there. You know, honestly, I think there was a little more room for errors six to 12 months ago because, in, our prices were increasing so so rapidly. Um, that is not the case right now. And then on the the passive side of our business is, and that's really where I focus, is working with our clients that are looking really to invest capital in a very passive environment. They don't really want to go be the house flipper or deal with tenants and toilets. They want to put their their capital into a fund environment, mostly, um, where they just don't have to do a lot of the heavy lifting. And that's where we really come into play. We have a team behind us. I mean, we have everything from, you know, loan officers, loan processors, underwriters that do the due diligence. We service the notes. And so our funds are a nice option to deploy capital still in, in a real estate backed asset where they're just not having to do a lot of the work for it. So, um 
we're kind of an all-in-one, you know, we can accommodate very active clients that are out boots on the ground buying these properties. And then we can also accommodate our very passive clients that just really want to set it and forget it and not have to do a lot of work and worry about it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It makes a lot, it makes a lot of sense. And your expertise in the underwriting these loans and putting the money to work is a critical piece to the folks that are investing with you because they need to have the confidence that you're putting their money um, into good conservative deals and avoiding the uh, the risky situations. And you're absolutely right. The markets are correcting. And uh, I think you, you, you're doing most of your loans on the West Coast, right? Mo mostly, uh, or are you all over the map? We're all over the place. You know, we've seen a lot of activity out of states like Florida. The Carolinas seem to be really popular. We've seen a lot out of uh, New Jersey. Texas is always a hot market for us, you know, so it, it really, what it really depends on is where our active brokers are. I tend to see like, hey, we've got a lot of deals out of Texas and I'll look in our system and realize we've got a new broker out of Texas. So a lot of times it's it's very affected and dictated by the brokers that are sending us the deals. You know, they don't have to have a broker, but that that tends to be a lot of our deal flow. Yeah, that makes sense. And of course, if you are in these uh, cyclical markets, you have to be incredibly careful Um the prices are correcting, and and I don't know what the property you looked at that hundred fifty thousand dollar correction you you mentioned, based on what price of the home and what 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 percent uh, of the of the. So I would tell you six months ago it was probably going for seven hundred thousand dollars, and we're anticipating it's going to be probably closer to five fifty, you know, six hundred in about six months. Yeah, that's that that's a twenty percent range yeah. type of uh, yeah. correction, even even higher. Well, and that that's in the Spokane, Washington market. So medium home prices is you know a little bit less than New York, obviously New York and Seattle and Portland and and that thing. So seven hundred thousand in Spokane is a very high end home, um, in in all honesty, and it was in a very historical area and. They weren't doing a lot of rehab to it. You know, they weren't rehabbing. They, their budget wasn't high end enough to 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 grab that seven hundred thousand dollars sales price. You know, conservatively, we went with five ninety nine. You know, I think that's probably more realistic. Right, right, right. So it's it's it makes sense for every part of the market. Uh, you have to be a lot more careful now. Uh, most of these, when you sell these houses, or where your your clients sell these houses to the end buyer. Uh, the end buyer, if they finance it, it's all based on uh, affordability. It's the income and debt to income ratio. Yeah. If they can't qualify, you could turn purple, you could turn blue, you just can't yeah. get a mortgage. And as a result, they can't, you know, they can't buy. So let's go back to you, the other side of the equation for the investors to, who write checks with you and you deploy the capital. So the first question is when they invest in a fund and the fund makes these loans, has the fund been increasing the rate? that it's loaning out that money and is that going to be increasing where again I, I understand security law you're trying to be very careful you're trying not to make too many right. forward-looking statements but based on um what you're seeing out out there uh you're loaning the money at a little bit higher rate which should translate in the future to a little bit higher return to your investors is is that what's happening or, or the market is very competitive and you have to keep the prices where they are yeah, I, I think that's a really good question. And we've talked about it. I can't even tell you how many times as a team. Um, first of all, our funds aren't leveraged at this time. So, you know, what we deploy is what we've raised. So we're not. And that's a great thing, by the way. It <laughs> is a really, both ways. Yeah. Yeah. So our cost of capital is what our earnings are, right? Like we aren't leveraging it at this point. 
Um, and we've talked a lot about this because we've had investors that are in our fund say, well, rates are going up, our, our yields should go up, right? It's still a pretty competitive market right now. And, and there's still, and honestly, we see that there's going to be huge opportunity for real estate investors here in the next three to six months. I mean, as a, as a company, as a fund operator, we're aligning ourselves right now to be able to buy when the, the values decrease. Um, and so we believe keeping our rates as what they were, you know, our average rate is 10% in one point. Um, which is still really competitive. We have not, we have chosen as a company not to raise our rates at this time. You know, we don't feel like gouging our borrowers just because traditional rates are going up is the right thing to do. Um, we still want to attract those good investors, you know, that are qualified, experienced, and we we believe that keeping our rates where they are right now is the best way to do that. Um, so it's really just a company decision. You know, we haven't, we have other opportunities to increase earnings for our potential fund members by buying real estate. So we do have a, a blended fund. We have a debt fund where we lend out 20 or 75% of the balance. And then the other 25% we're holding in real estate assets in our local market. So there's still opportunity to get, you know, increased yields um, in our opinion, based off of the, the future opportunities, hopefully. So we don't feel like we need to do that. And we have chose not to do that at this time. Um, so rates are still very consistent on our funds. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And thank you for sharing. The same story I heard from other folks who choose not to increase the uh, rates because the market is still pretty competitive. Uh, but what I have heard from other folks, and maybe you can provide a quick comment on this, what they do is they just try, try to tighten up underwriting, which it sounds like that's what you're trying to do. So as the rates move up and is just a higher perception of the risk, one of the easiest ways to explain why the rates are going up besides the fact that the Fed just put, trying to fight the inflation. But in theory, the interest rate is a gauge of risk. That's the best way to describe. So if you feel like you have more risk, you have to increase interest rates as yes. a lender. And if you feel there's less risk, you have to uh, decrease the rate. So when the market shifts towards a little bit more risk, in theory, if you keep the rates where they are, you have to uh, underwrite a little more conservatively to reduce that risk without uh, pushing the rates up. So you either push the rates up or you reduce the risk, one of the two. So any quick comments on that? Yeah, you're exactly right. And, you know, I, I tell lenders this all the time. I have clients call me, well, I can buy a note and I'm going to get 14%. It's like your risk is in line with the rate of return that you're receiving. You're not going to get your most qualified borrower that's going to pay 14, 15%. And, and that was kind of to my point is we believe keeping our rates competitive continues to attract the better borrowers. We could increase our rates, but in my opinion, they're going to be less qualified clients that are just looking for any type of capital that they can get because they don't qualify other places. Um, and so we have tightened up our guidelines. You know, one of the things that we we look a lot more heavily on is one value and, and really, you know, I wish, I think everybody wishes they had a crystal ball knowing what value is gonna be. You know, we do the best that we can, but what's the future value? You know, we had a guy, the other day that was buying a property, I believe it was out in North Carolina. And he was, he believed that the value when he sells it was going to be $800,000. But he had this massive project and that he wasn't even going to be done for 10 months. And we're going, that value today is not what that house is going to be worth in 10 months. So really tightening up our guidelines, looking at the borrowers, how qualified are they? What's their experience? You know, have they been through a downturn market? 
What are their financial resources in the event that things don't go as planned and they can't sell this property? Do they have a backup plan? Um, and then again, really honing in on values. You know, we do the best that we can, you know, considering everything going on. Um, but yeah, I think really tightening up those guidelines. And unfortunately for some of our bars, we're probably scrutinizing them a lot more than we did six months ago. But we we have a fiduciary duty to our fund and our investors to make sure we're writing good deals and we can get out of them if people can't perform on them. Yeah, that they, makes total sense. And thank you for sharing that. That's a critical piece. Again, as a fund manager to attract the capital, you have to tell the story how you deploy yeah. the capital. And just knowing you and Lee, uh, you guys are generally pretty, pretty conservative. And the fact that you're tightening underwriting, it's all the way to go, especially in the market that's contracting. It gets very difficult. Like you said, $700,000 home in six months could be worth five fifty or five or 599 Right. substantial correction and as a lender you need that margin of safety otherwise if there's a correction you can wind up taking that property and, and not having the value that, that you project so let's continue with the um, investment side so when folks reach out typically um, who invests with you just 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 a just a little bit of an explanation of the of the typical sure. investor and the fact that uh, you are mostly debt fund and you have a little bit of a um, I guess equity holdings. So, just provide a little color. Do you provide most most of the income invested uh, generate to investors works for IRA investors because it's all interest income, which is perfect for IRAs. And then the depreciation uh, does it that do you pass through a little bit of depreciation too? Because if you have a little bit of real estate holdings, that should pass some depreciation. I'm just curious. Yeah. Uh, who do you serve? What's what's the typical community and and uh, yeah. Sure. So just for clarification, yes, we are mostly a debt fund, you know, and it's a, a very quick cash flowing fund. You know, the debt that we lend out is short term, 12 months in nature. So we've got origination points, interest payments coming in. Um, and then on the the equity side of things, the in the past, the real estate that we've bought and sold has been so short term in nature, there has been no depreciation benefits. So just for clarification, our fund, this particular fund, these funds do not offer depreciation on that side of things. You flip, you basically flip, yes. flip this property. Okay. Yeah. But as the market's shifting, now we're holding some real estate as rentals. So that may change coming up, but that's something we need to address at the end of the year. But historically, we have not offered that. Um, and I would tell you that it's interesting. Um, I, I have a lot of conversations with people and everybody's looking for something different. You know, some of my clients are really growth minded where, you know, they're at an age in their life where they don't need the cash flow and they just really want to grow those accounts as big as they can, especially IRA accounts. Um, our funds are unique because they actually you can reinvest your earnings. So whether they pay out monthly or quarterly, those earnings can actually be rolled back into their investment, which is a, a big benefit for IRA accounts because you don't have these small dollars going back and forth and then having to wait till you have the minimum. Um, so that, that's been a big selling point. And then we also have a lot of people that are really cash flow minded. You know, they've sold their practice. We deal with a lot of, as you guys do, dentists, doctors, professionals that are retiring, selling their businesses, and now they're wanting to replace their income. Our funds also offer that option also. So again, you know, um, we have two funds just for clarification. We have one for our accredited investors. It's got a $50,000 minimum with a 9% preferred rate. And then our other fund is actually unique because it's opened up to everybody. Um, so you do not have to be an accredited investor and it's got a really small minimum of $1,000. That fund pays out monthly and it's got a 6% prep. So 
we can just about accommodate anybody. Um, and so, you know, as far as like, what does it accommodate, you know, people that are looking for cash flow or growth or I, you know, tax deferred accounts or cash, it kind of just depends on what their strategy is really. So those are conversations that we have with them. And then, you know, we've had some, some side deals where we've had some opportunities for depreciation, but most often people go into the fund and, you know, set it up in growth mode or cash flow. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it, it's uh, the reinvestment of, of uh, dividends or distributions. Um, it, it's a great thing. So I assume both funds are open-ended. So you yes. quarterly reinvestments or, or monthly, however, which makes total sense. Now, just a couple of couple of quick questions. But before we, we, we kind of go into the, the final uh, phase of the, of the podcast, how would folks get a hold of you? If they were interested to chat with you, um, what's the website? What's the easiest way to get a hold of you and the team? Okay, so the easiest way is just to go to our website, and that that site is securedinvestmentcorp.com. So not plural, Secured Investment Corp. They can get information about our funds on there. We actually sell notes also, and they can schedule an appointment with me and my team. We literally all sit in an office together, uh, and uh, we we take calls and appointments all day long. Um, and so that's the best way to do it. Um, they can get a lot of content off of our 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 website, you know, to to prepare for the the phone call. Um, but we're we're passionate about educating people. We're not financial advisors, but we like to educate people about self-directed IRA accounts, how they can get those set up and refer them to some good custodians. We have several we you know work pretty closely with. So the website would be the best option for them to get a hold of us at. Yeah, thank you for sharing that sharing that secured investments corp makes makes total sense. That comments. Yeah. Um just a couple of quick questions. And I know you, you you're not generally uh projections future result is very difficult. But uh just if you, if you could share w- what the numbers have been and and uh given that you're pretty steady on your rates, I again my extrapolation because you're not increasing the rates up or down, the future results should be similar to the past, assuming that you don't have a lot of changes in the default. Uh, so the portfolio performs more or less on the same level with the same level of le- interest rate. The future results should be similar to the past results just based on that. But what's, what's official target returns for your funds? Um, yeah. I, so our, our, our accredited investor fund, which we refer to as fund two, historically has been annualizing 10% yields. It's a pretty consistent rate of return. You know, we we balance both funds because we do have the debt and the equity side of things. It's easy for us to ramp up one side if we realize maybe our origination team is slower. Um, and so I don't anticipate that changing. You know, it has over the last 10 years consistently paid out 10%. Um, fund three, which is our unaccredited investor fund, has been targeting and hitting 8%, 8 to 9. Um, you know, it has, it's on an, an upward tick, you know, what you have to, and you you can, you know, relate to this as, as funds grow, when they don't have as much money in them, expenses dilute returns. And as they grow and you have more capital in them, you know, typically you're going to see yields increase, but that one's been targeting and hitting 8 to 9%. So it still has a really good rate of return, just a little bit smaller dollars in that fund. But as we've watched it grow over the last three years, we've seen that rate of return increase. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I give you and Lee a lot of credit for the uh, strength to launch a uh, Reg A plus fund uh, <laughs> because uh, uh, with all due love, uh, respect and admiration for non-accredited investors, they usually write smaller checks 
And uh, they're great folks. Uh, just you're dealing with a lot of smaller checks and typically small work. So uh, it's, again, <laughs> I bow to you for <laughs> having the strength to do it. Uh, and it's a great service for the community, for those folks who yeah. uh, don't qualify as accredited, they can go invest in the in, in the Reg A Plus fund. And uh, uh, good luck with that. And yeah. uh, certainly folks that reach out to us and, and say, hey, I need to, I want to invest, but they're not accredited. We can't take their money because we pretty right. much take only accredited investors. That your product becomes pretty interesting to those folks who'd like to participate. They just can't, you know, they're not there yet to get the accreditation letter. So. Well, and we get a lot of referrals from our accredited investors for family members. I mean, I can't tell you how many of our current clients will call up and say, hey, my kids want to get started investing. They're not accredited or I have retired parents and they need passive income, but they're unaccredited investors. So it really has been a nice service to be able to provide because, you know, honestly, I feel like everybody should be able to start to the path to create wealth for themselves within guardrails. Right. Um, and so you're right. It is a lot of work, um, but we're pretty passionate about being able to offer that opportunity to just about anybody. So it, it's been good for us, but it, it takes an army to manage that fund. And, you know, there's a lot of a lot of filings with the SEC and all that type of stuff. So I appreciate your kind words. And I appreciate that you realize that. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've been educated a little bit. And I know folks who run these, including you guys who run uh, Reg A Plus Fund. And it, it is more regulated fund. There's more compliance with SEC. And because of small investors, you still have a larger number of investors with smaller checks. So it's right. a lot of work. But you're absolutely right that um, kids parents, grandparents, uh, sometimes HSA accounts mm -hmm. and other ones that need a place to go somewhere, but they just cannot be, um, uh, investor may wind up being unaccredited or being able to provide this letter and it makes it's, it's, a good, it's a good place for that. Anyway, um, like everything else, so all good things must come to an end, unfortunately. Yeah. So does this uh, podcast. Uh, any parting thoughts? I greatly appreciate your wisdom. Uh, any final suggestion, secure investment, uh, invest secure at investmentscorp.com. Uh, just final, final, final comments. Yeah, I would just, well, one, thank you for having me on the podcast. I always enjoy masterminding with you and hearing what you have to say. I, I, um, value the relationship that we've had over the last few years and getting to know you better. But um, I would just encourage people to check out our website. You know, if you have small dollars, you're unaccredited, you know, you have a little 401k that you don't know what to do with, call or visit our website, Secured Investment Corp and uh, .com. And we'd love to talk with people about how they can get started investing, even if they are unaccredited. And if you are an accredited investor and are looking for growth mode or cash flow in a, a pretty quick cash flowing fund, we'd love to talk with you more about that. So just encourage people to go to the website, educate themselves. And then if they want to schedule a, a quick consultation with us, we'd love to talk with them more. Thank you, Heather. Really appreciate your wisdom, Thanks your sharing. And uh, looking forward to see you at the next Fino Founder. Yes. See you soon. See you. Thank you kindly. Thank you for listening to the Big Mike Fund Podcast. To receive your copy of Mike's How to Choose a Smart Real Estate Fund book, head to BigMikeFund.com or visit Amazon and type Mike's slot name. Keep listening and keep investing Big Mike style. See you on the next episode.